Imitators and examples. Yeah. I want to show you this quote here. So Mark Twain said, few things are harder to put up with than the annoyance of a good example. And that's what I want to talk about, our power to do, to work, and to do, and to change in this world. We all want revival. We all want something great to happen uh, for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, some of us feel it, but what can, how do we participate in it all? In our Torah portion today, we, uh, the, the rabbis particularly point out the hospitality of Abraham. That here's a man who was uh, just recovering from the circumcision, and even though he was doing that, he was sitting out in his tent in the heat of the day, prepared to meet strangers and to uh, provide something for them, whatever it might be that he could. A quote from the, from the Stone edition of the Kumar says this about uh, Abraham in that case. He says, Abraham longed for guests because a tzaddik is never content with past accomplishments. He seeks to serve God at all times. In Abraham's case, his manner of service was through being kind to people, thereby drawing them into his orbit so that he could inspire them with his example to learn about and serve God. In response, God sent him three angels in the guise of people, and Abraham ran to invite them in and serve them personally. Despite his age and his illness, he also pressed Ishmael into service, for education of the young must be practical. The theoretical preaching about kindness will, fall, will fail to achieve the desired result unless it is accompanied by acts of kindness. So we're called to a life of, of service, a life of hospitality, a life of openness. And how can we be effective ministers of the good news in a world that really every day seems to need it more and more. So that's the challenge for us today, to think about how Abraham, by example, by being an annoyingly good example, helped to spread the good news of God throughout the entire world. Because from him, even uh, we have all the great faiths of the world to this very day. Well, I want to take a look at a portion from First Thessalonians with you today. It's found in the, the first chapter of First Thessalonians, first few verses of that letter from the Apostle Paul. And he says some things about it that we need to know about our own ability to be able to share. Because, listen, if we can't impress people with who we are, I don't care how much, you know, knowledge you have or convincing uh, a convincing speech you have it doesn't get it done you know I'm a pretty smart guy and I think I can argue from the scriptures about as well as anybody but I have never convinced anybody of anything if they've been convinced by anything it's been by the way we have tried to live and I'm talking about my children as well as anybody else I've ever ministered to and you know what you haven't convinced anybody of anything either you know, it's funny, we live in a, we live in a very uh, 
you know, divided time. And um, America is sort of split down the middle, we know that, uh, just by the election. It was about this thin of hair that uh, one person won over another. And you know what? Neither side convinced anybody of anything. I don't, th you don't think anybody on one side of the issue ever convinced anybody on the other side of the issue about anything. But how can we convince people? We convince them by not what we say, but who we are. And that's Paul's encouragement to the Thessalonian congregation. And I thought we might learn something from his encouragement of them, to be encouraged that we have the power to change things in the world. He begins by telling us that we receive our power from the... What do you mean? This thing is so sensitive. We receive our power from the Holy Spirit. He says there in 1 Thessalonians 1.5, he says, For our gospel did not come to you in words only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. You see, Paul didn't come just with powerful words. In fact, the scripture tells us that uh, he, he looked crappy and he had contemptible speech. That's what people used to say about Paul, that you know, his, his written word was very powerful. But if you ever heard him speak, you'd like turn away and leave because, you know, the guy didn't speak very well. It was quite remarkable. So it wasn't his marvelous oratory, like maybe in the case of Apollos, who we're told was some magnificent speaker, but rather through the kind of lives that they lived in sacrifice for the people around them. And they did it in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we have that same power. We have that power within us. All we have to do is yield to that power. It tells us in Isaiah chapter 59, it says, A redeemer will come from Zion. And to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, declares the Lord, As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit is upon you. It's not my spirit will or may. My spirit is upon you. And my words which I've put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring, now and forever. The Spirit of the Lord abides in us, and do we, I want to know if we walk in that, if we have the power to understand that we should be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Rather than in thinking, you know what, I'm going to just learn as much as I can and be as smart as I can and make the best you know, argument that I can. Do we live like people who feel the power of the Spirit in the, everything that we do, in the energy that we have, in, the, in, in our willingness to fight for what we believe, to show people that we can live this life, this life of power? Or do we go about, you know, woe is me. That life is too hard for me. That I'm defeated. If we, live, if we walk straight up, you know, I'm getting older and older, and you know, walking straighter up is like harder and harder. And I was thinking about this yesterday. I was walking into a store, and I was, saw this fellow. He must have been, I hope he was a whole lot older than me. And, and he was just like creeping along. 
And I said, oh, no, not me. And all of a sudden, I snapped to attention. And I just walked as straight and as strong and fast as I could. Which is getting slower and slower all the time, unfortunately. No. But the point of the matter is, is, we have the power. We have everything that we need. Because God has empowered us through, the, through his Holy Spirit. That's not a theory. That is a truth that all of us have to grab hold of, grab it by the throat, and really fo- go with it. And if we can do that in our lives, we can make a difference to others because we, people will see us and they will say, man, what's going on with you? Tell me. Because it's too many people are walking with their heads down right now. And we need to walk with our head up to be a good example of what it means to have to positivity. Listen, you know, forget about, you know, the election and politics or whatever you think, whatever side of this thing on. Walk with your head up because behold, our redemption is nearer than when we first believed people. Whatever happens. Every day we get closer and every day we should walk a little quicker. Because we believe and we want to show people that faith in the Lord our God matters. That we have an answer. (laughs) You all right? (laughs) Okay, honey. (laughs) You know, it says in the book of Acts, when Messiah Yeshua was leaving his disciples, he gave them this, this word of encouragement. And he said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. You will. And you know, that came true. And it's coming true even today. And we've got to do more. We've got to stand up as examples of what it means to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. That means we don't walk around with our heads down, our backs bent, and our woes is me at our, on our lips. We're going to be fine. The world is going to work out for us, no matter what happens. But here's the thing. We have to get a grip on this. I want us all to get a grip on this in our soul. So how, how can we do that? You know, Paul was begging for that to happen too in the, in the, in the letter to the Ephesians in chapter 3 he prayed a prayer and we need to stop and pray this prayer right now that the Holy Spirit will fall right as we speak as we say, this, as we say these words he said for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Messiah, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the good fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory 
in the body of Messiah and in Messiah Yeshua to all generations forever and ever. Do you get that prayer? If you just take it all in, you know, lightning ought to be coming out of your fingertips. It's that powerful if we can get hold of it. We have the power to change the world by our very presence. As David, beautiful illustration, that ten people could save a whole community just by being there. Listen, brothers and sisters, I believe that the body of Messiah saves the world from destruction today by our very being here. But we need to go further. We need to go further in that the world needs transformation because it's dark right now. And it needs to get a whole lot brighter. And where the light is, there will be brightness. If only we will see that, listen, he could do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask of. So let's ask big. Stop living small. Live big. That's what we need to do. Now, now I know that the Holy Spirit is in me. Ah, I feel so good. I think I'll go off into the corner and smooch with Yeshua. Now, I think what's meant is for us to go out there and be something. Be something. Not say something. Be something. Because what will need to be said will be said by who and what we are. So, we need to be imitators. So he says to his disciples, uh, so Paul said to his disciples in Thessalonians, he says, you also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit. You became imitators. You know the old saying that imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Imitation is the way we learn to do those things that are right. An imitation of Messiah. If you can be, there's a great book called The Imitation of Messiah. It's called The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, in which he, in his lovely mid, mid, you know, medieval Catholic way, attempts to take on the qualities of the Messiah Yeshua. And it's something we, we make our efforts at doing. How can we do it? How can we be like him? So I'm going to give you a story, the story of the, of the Good Samaritan. You remember that story? So I want to read just a, a short bit of it and then take a look at what it meant. Or at least what it means to me. In terms of our being good examples. So this comes from Luke, the 10th chapter, 33rd verse and following. It says, But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him. You remember the man who was beaten on the road. And when he saw him, he felt compassion. And he came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and he said, Take care of him, and whatever you, more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. This is a prototype 
of the gospel message that we should live out in our lives. If we do this, and we do it with power, and we give the glory to Messiah Yeshua, we will change the world. So what, he did, what happened? He start, it starts with an open heart. Having compassion for the other person. Do you, have, do you care about people? Everybody. This is the thing that we need to do, first and foremost. If we do not have love for one another, and for the other, not just ourselves. You know, it is really easy to love people who think just like you, who look just like you, right? Who do just like you. That's a, that's a problem when that's all you can love. You know you have, you're, you're sick when that's all you can do is look in the mirror and see the only person you love. We have to love everyone. Compassion for everyone is where it begins. If you have compassion for the person out there, that can be the start of something really, really big. And so we see in this example, here's a man in need, and he had compassion on him. It says the same thing about Messiah Yeshua. He's going out uh, doing his preaching work, and he says he looked out on the crowds, he looked into their faces and he had compassion on them. He had compassion. And that was, that was a hallmark of our Messiah and should be a hallmark of us. People of compassion. No matter who you're talking about, no matter what the circumstances, forget about trying to you know, discern whether they belong here or not, whether they deserve it or not. None of that matters. This man who was sitting on the side of the road beaten up and broken he might have been a criminal for all we know an illegal alien for all we know but the man didn't care what he saw there was a person who was in need and he had compassion so the first hallmark of a true believer is compassion secondly it tells us that he was he offered a helping hand we meet the needs of others. Here's the man in need. He doesn't care what it is. His compassion motivates him. And so he bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. You know, again, in Messiah's case, he saw he had compassion on the crowd. And he fed them. He said, listen, let's feed them. Oh, we don't have anything to eat uh, you know, here. We have a couple of fish and some couple of loaves of bread. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of that. And he fed them. And that's what we need to do. If we can first have compassion on people and then look to find ways to meet people's needs. You know, listen, we can't do everything. You can't do everything in your own life all the time. But you can do something. And that's all that it takes. Do something for somebody who needs something done. How hard could it be? But what a testimony it will be for them if you can just help them. Jared's story last week of the man in the grocery store. A simple thing. It's pulled out a few dollars of change or whatever it might be. And it changes their whole world. We remember the story of Zacchaeus. You know? Here's a man. He doesn't need much, but what he does need is love. Messiah Yeshua does a little thing for him. 
and it changes the world. We can do those little things for people, and we can change everything. You know, listen, you can argue, you know, listen, if you don't believe everything in this book, you're going to hell. First of all, you don't know that anyway, and secondly, uh, you're not going to convince anybody like that. I don't know anybody uh, that, that, I personally don't know anybody convinced that way. So, but we can convince people with a simple act of kindness. Doing something that will matter in their life. Change it just a little bit. Make it just a little bit better, even if it's only for the day. And thirdly, he tells us, bring an offer of hope. He said to the innkeeper, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I'll return and I'll repay you. In other words, he took care of, he gave that person a future. Right? The man could have just died on the side of the road. Okay, maybe he could have bound up his wounds and maybe he would have lived a day longer. But no, he took care of his need from that time forward. We see these same examples in, in the stories we read today. In the story of uh, Abraham and his willingness to have compassion. So that he can bring people and please come into my tent. It's a hot day. He doesn't know who they are at first. It's a hot day. Take, your, take the load off. And in the Shunammite woman with her compassion for the prophet. And bringing him a helping hand, building him a room so that he could have a place to live when he came by. And even in the example of the birth of the Messiah, where God offers a hope to the world. We offer a hope to the world. We need to be examples of that power and grace. Yes? He tells us in verse Thessalonians 1, 7, so that you, be, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. You see, all of Macedonia and Achaia will now come to the Lord because of who you are. Just by virtue of the community that you have created, you have given us an example to live by. Something greater, something better than what is right now. That's what the body of Messiah needs to be. Something greater and better than what it is right now. But to, you know, make the world better by being better ourselves. And we can demonstrate that to all the community around us through offering, being op having an open heart, by giving a helping hand, and by offering a hope. A hope of eternal life. So we offer that hope of heaven in this last portion from First uh, Thessalonians. And he says, wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that is Yeshua, who rescues us from the wrath to come. See, here's the thing. If we can do the first two, if we can have compassion for people, and if we can offer a helping hand, people will hear the offer of hope that we have. You know that? That's how Messiah Yeshua did it every time, you know. Whenever he met a stranger, 
he found out something about them. What about you? And then he offered a helping hand. And only then did he preach the good news. Because they could see it active in him. Right? And why can't we do the same thing? That's all we have to do. It's our way of making the world a better place. And since we're empowered by the Spirit of God to do this, it shouldn't take that much effort. All it takes is a willing heart. That's all it takes. Do we have the heart to serve others, to feel that compassion for them, to serve them? And then, then, to say, and they might say to us, well, why? Why would you do this? And then you can tell them of the hope that is within you. That empowered by the Spirit of God, let me tell you about the Messiah, the one who gave us life and will give us life in the world to come. Will you join me? Will you join me in in making this world a better place? A place prepared for the Holy One of Israel. It seems that that's what happened in Macedonia and Achaia in those early days. That these people in Thessalonica lived such a life that all of Greece came to know the Lord as a result of the power of their lives. And I hope that same thing for us. That we could fill up this room. And that we could fill up the world with those who cry out for the, in, the, in the name of Messiah Yeshua. One last prayer as we end our talk this morning. Again, the second prayer, or actually the first, from the book of Ephesians. So I offer up this prayer as we uh, end our time together in the hope that we will really get a hold of it to understand the depth of of the power that is within us and then to live out that power day by day so that everyone will be will see the example of our lives let's be imitators of messiah yeshua and examples to the world so paul prayed i pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. His might. Which he brought about in Messiah Yeshua when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. He put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. I don't know who your president is, but I know who mine is. We have the power to live a life of the kingdom in this world. Let's do it by being good imitators of him and good examples to others. Amen.